Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Welcome inside Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests will join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, which includes USC Trojans head coach Clay Helton. That's coming yeah. up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Who's he the head coach for again? Man, I'm sorry. I got confused. We'll do something to Duke so cold. And why are you talking about our football, man? Leave Coach Cutcliffe alone. Hey, hey, it, you're playing. Helton can join us because he doesn't have anything to do. The Pac-12 isn't playing right now. Yeah. At least we're going to yeah. get a little ACC yeah. football. For the next 21 minutes, we're going to go uninterrupted and talk about the biggest story that is transcending basketball at this moment. A reminder, we are coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Last night, Clippers looked like the Clippers that we all expected. You good? Yeah, I'm just you stretching, doing some man. Pilates? Okay. What are we doing? No, you doing some man, yoga? I'm just stretching, dog. <laughs> you look tight, man. You might man, want to start stretching some I've been sitting in a chair for three hours. You don't got to yell at me. I just say you look tight. <laughs> you don't need to bring attention to what I'm doing. He's well, over there stretching talking. like a yoga professor right now. <laughs> some hot yoga here with Key. Uh, here's the deal. Doc Rivers last night had plenty to celebrate. Kawhi was great again. They held Luka in check. Paul George showed up to the tune of 35 points in 25 minutes after saying he had dealt with some depression and anxiety. But the real issue, when you use the word anxiety, you can hear it in the tone of Doc Rivers. We're going to play you some of his audio after the game. And just a little bit of context to set it up. Doc's father was a police officer in Maywood, Illinois, which is actually an early stop, guys, on the Underground Railroad. And that's Mm. why a lot of African-Americans have settled in and around that area. And also due to the great migration from the South, people in the 1920s and the 1930s made their way up and they settled in the Maywood area as well. Just to give you a little bit of context, it's a largely African-American community and Doc's father, Grady, worked his way up to lieutenant, a very high-ranking position in any police department, as you know. So I just want you to know that as you hear Doc Rivers talk about the the plight of black people, the way he sees it, vis-a-vis the rest of America seeing black people. Take a listen to this. All you do is keep hearing about fear. It's... It's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And it's just, it's really so sad Like, I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every, to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? It's, it's just ridiculous. And it just keeps getting, it keeps going. Uh, there's no charges. Breonna Taylor, no charges, nothing. All we're asking is you live up to the Constitution. That's all we're asking for everybody, for everyone. Thank you. When you think about it, it's trite to say they'll try to move on to the second round tomorrow. This was a gigantic win. Many people thought it could have saved the Clippers' season. All of that goes on the back burner because on the front burner, Key, is essentially what Doc Rivers said. In five minutes, Key, we will talk about the possible boycotting between Game 1 of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Boston Celtics 
and the Toronto Raptors. Scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on ESPN. We'll hear from Fred Van Vliet. We'll hear from Raptors coach Nick Nurse in a very interesting text that Kyle Lowry had with Jay. That's all coming up in five minutes. But first, the issue at hand, your thoughts on Doc's powerful words. I mean, he's speaking the truth. I mean, he's, he's speaking the truth because you have to have those conversations with your kids. You know, I got a son, 20-plus years old you know, driving, walking, whatever the case is, you got to have that conversation. And I've I got white friends, obviously, that I've had these conversations with about why we are treated a certain way here in our own country. Why? And they didn't understand, and they didn't see it, but you got to have those conversations. Absolutely. Because their sons were never treated that way. My buddy Mark Canner never – Never, ever was treated that way. And he didn't really understand it. I started really. Who's Mark? It's just a friend of mine. Oh, just a guy. Just a friend. And and having that conversation with him to get him to really understand how we are being treated. And not just by police officers. Right. Because the police aren't the only ones that are shooting and killing black men and women. There are other people that are doing it and trying to get away with it and Mm -hmm. hiding behind certain things. So let's not make it seem like it's just happening with the police. It's also happening with reg- regular civilians that want to become police officers and doing things. I mean, you could just go on for years and years of the same stuff. You want to have these conversations with your kids so that they understand what they need to do to be safe and not put themselves in bad positions. There's, it's senseless. Like I said to us uh, on the show earlier, if you saw the video and you think, oh, he was doing this. He should listen to the commands or he should he should just stop right there. You know, and you, you hear people saying that and you see people tweeting it and on social media saying those sort of things like you really, truly are lost and don't understand and sick. If you really believe that it's OK to try to gun somebody down in the middle of the streets just because you have a license basically to kill at the end of the day. And this probably, and I was talking to Jay about, we were just trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how do you maybe slow it down and stop police officers from doing things. They need to put a law in, man. I don't know how they do it, but they need to put some type of law in where you lock their ass up and you throw away the key the same way you treat regular criminals that go and have three strikes and a third strike might be because they walked out of a store with a pizza. That's like a Hammurabi eye for eye type situation. You, you, you do this, I, we're doing this to you. That, yes, that, that is instead of, well, you should only give him 10 years and, oh, well, we're going uh, 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 to bring it down to five years and he's going to get off on probation for another three. No, if you do this and you are caught doing this, you're going, we're going to throw the key away. And let's see if that'll slow it down. I'm what gonna, are the consequences? I'm going to take it to another real place uh, because I've heard people try to use this counter argument about what's happening in the police force and, you know, about having good cops and bad cops. And, and people hit me with, you ready for it, Zubin? Go ahead. You ready for it, Key? You ready for everybody? Well, how about blacks killing blacks? <laughs> That's a good one, too. I got into a heated argument with one of my like, close well, how about, friends. How about what's there. happening in Chicago? Yes. You know, 500-plus people killed. Mm-hmm. Every Black weekend, on black crime. Right? Well, people I mean, say that. that. That takes it back to a way bigger issue about socioeconomic opportunities 
for people of color and how they've been condensed yes. in these low impoverished areas yes. for a while, right? And that's why you see a lot of athletes that go back to these areas where they're from. You hear Keith talk about South Central, mm-hmm. right? But when you're in these areas, you don't feel like maybe there's a, a way to get out. I'm not condoning it. That's wrong too, right? But that you can't use – that's a whole completely different conversation. Man, conversations. Than the one conversation that we're having here. And you can't use one conversation to combat another. One one wrong doesn't make another wrong right. You know what I mean? No, but they but, – but again, it's – the defense mechanism. I had a conversation that was very similar, but it was about welfare and how welfare is not supposed to be used to live on for the rest of your life. And you should go get jobs. And, you know, and we were having this conversation in depth. And I was trying to explain to one of my one percent of friends that I have mm-hmm. because he was trying to tell me about welfare. And I had to slow him down. I said, hold on, man. You ain't never in your life had to get a government check. So don't tell me anything about it because my mother had to Mm. because she couldn't get a job. Okay. That was the only source of income at that time. But you're trying to tell me that she could get a job. Well, when she fill out the application, first thing they say is they look at her educational background. Well, why don't you have an extended education? Well, I don't have an extended education because my books in my school didn't allow me to do that. Well, why the books didn't allow? Because y'all was giving the money. We didn't get funding. To the suburbs to educate y'all kids and not our kids. So it was a long conversation. But again, trying to hide behind something instead of actually trying to figure out how to make it right. And also that doc said, you know, he was like, you know, maybe I should just be a coach. I can't tell you how many times people try to keep you in a lane. Think, think about it. It's so natural. Well, he said we, that because he's so frustrated. No, too. I get it. But I'm saying like when you meet people, right, if I were to meet Zubin, yes. one of the first things is natural to ask you, hey, Zubin, nice to meet you. Great. What do you do? Right. Our work defines us. Like I have to put you in some kind of box that it's easier for me to understand who you are if I know what you do. Well, damn, I'm way more than what I do. I've been way more than a basketball player you, my whole damn life. I'm going to give you, you say what you do. Get in the elevator. I don't know how many times it happens to me. Get in the elevator, riding up the elevator with somebody zooming. Who do you play for? Oh no, I'm. And you know me. I joke a lot. I'm like, no, no. I'm a, a uh, actually, I'm a neurosurgeon, and I'm going to see my lawyer up on the tenth floor. So I get into that, and then no, you're not. You got to play for somebody. I'm like, you just got to stop. You, but but the mindset, like Jay say, you must be some sort of celebrity. I can't just be. A normal person you look at me as either i'm an entertainer or i'm an athlete because i'm black and i have a nice stature and i'm nice size it that sort of stuff is that underlying undertone you know behavior that they've been taught for so long that that's stuck in their minds now and it's hard to get people out of that that's your question did you just give yourself a self-compliment you say you have a nice stature well i just come on man what you want me to say? I'm a, what you want to say? I'm a big black <laughs> no, dude. No, or no, no. I'm like, saying what? I said that was a nice self pat on the back. You know, I have a nice stature. What? What? What did you want me to say though? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm a big black dude. I can say that. I didn't want to say that. I just wanted to give a different view. I guess point of view. With no, I mean, we know the one thing about you. you: you got confidence. So if you got confidence, you I mean, got to have confidence in this world because people are constantly trying to knock you down. Yeah. For whatever reasons. It, it, and Jay, you know, he's a bigger social media guy than me, and, and he likes to read the comments, and he, we share them back and forth on some of the things that people say. But mm-hmm. I just, I can't, you know. And, and it's, it, you know, it, 
I get a pit in my stomach a lot when I start talking about these social issues because really, truly, Zubin, I grew up, man, I'm telling you, like I told you, rough. At a time, even when I was 10 years old and had to sleep in a car with my mom. So I understand. Ain't nobody going to give you a damn thing. Got to go get it. You got to go get it. Right. But they always going to try to stop you from going to get it. Right. You know, even when... Even when Norby and, and, and Dave Roberts made the decision. Our two big bosses here. Two big bosses made the decision to launch this show with us. The negative responses that came about, even though I'm like, okay, well, guess what? You can go to that other station because we still going to be here. How do you feel that you guys don't have chemistry? You guys haven't worked together. It, I'm like, like, did Mike and Mike work together for a while before but you they came tr- on? They try so hard to put you down. It's, it's like, well, we, we can't do it this way, so we're going to do it that way. Well, guess what, man? You going up against a brick wall when you going up against me? Because I'm not gonna fold mm-hmm. under no circumstances and no pressure. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is not going to fold under no circumstances and pressure. Neither is AD. Neither is Kawhi. Neither are many black athletes that are out there. All we gonna do is keep sending this message until we kick in the wall and you get it. That's why, again, you make sure that you get out there and you vote. Because if you voting, you changing. Believe me, you're changing from a local standpoint, a federal standpoint. You're going to make changes. You can't just go check a box. You got to read through it mm-hmm. and make sure that you're making changes. Unless you're trying to vote by mail. But anyway, yes. I don't want to distract. That's you're, another story. Yes. For go ahead. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I know. I know. You know what Zubin, I'm saying. You mentioned LeBron. In one minute, I want to ask you maybe one of the most important questions about LeBron since he came into the NBA in 2003. That's in one minute. And I want to get Key's opinion on that. But first... Game one is set in the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Raptors and the Celtics, scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on ESPN. However, the Raptors' Fred Van Vliet, one of the heroes of last year's championship team, essentially said, right now, the team is thinking about boycotting the game because while their hearts are in Florida, their minds are in Wisconsin with what happened over the weekend and he is calling out on other players, not just the Raptors, to boycott. If we're going to be in the bubble, let's stand up and do something. We knew, you know, coming here or not coming here wasn't going to stop anything. But I think ultimately, ultimately, like playing or not playing, puts pressure on somebody. So, for example, this happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. If I'm correct, yeah. Um, you know, would it be nice if, if in a perfect world? We all say we're not playing, and, and the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that's going to trickle down. If he steps up to the plate and puts pressure on, you know, district attorney's office and state's attorneys and governors and politicians there to, to make real change and get some justice. Like, I know it's not that simple, but at the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then, you know, at some point we're going to have to put our on the line and, and actually, you know, put something up to lose rather than just money or visibility. That's Van Vliet. His teammate Kyle Lowry was texting with Jay Will this morning saying, quote, anything and everything is on the table for the Raptors. They will be meeting shortly as a team to decide what to do. Here's my LeBron question for you that I promised. If LeBron, with all due respect to George Hill, as we discussed before, Fred Van Vliet, these are all great players speaking their minds, bigger than basketball. But if LeBron James said, you know what? I'm ready to boycott. What happens to the NBA bubble then? It, it changes. It, it just changed. But it doesn't necessarily have to be LeBron. Okay. If the Raptors decide not to play tomorrow night. Collectively. Collectively. Right. 
that's going to put pressure on LeBron. Exactly. And what will happen is – Explain that. I'm going to get there. Okay. <laughs> that's very juicy. What will what, happen is people will start to look at LeBron to see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And if he continues to push through and give you the, well, I'm, I'm going to play, that's their team, they made I'm doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Now the conversation becomes – Put your money where your mouth is. Look, the Raptors did it. How come you still trying to push through to win a championship to catch Michael Jordan to pass this guy? And that conversation starts unfairly. Mm -hmm. It's unfair, but that conversation certainly will start if the Raptors decide to do it and a LeBron James continues to try and seek a championship. If the Raptors were to boycott, think about this from an aesthetics perspective. A team in Canada... It's going to be the first team to boycott an American game. The only team in Canada. The only team in Canada. Yeah. Think about that, right? So when to expound upon Key's point, the pressure that that puts on LeBron James isn't just from the media. It's from our community. It's going to be a backlash from the black community is what's going to happen, right? You know, at the same time, we had this discussion the other day where people were referencing names when we were having that conversation around Montrez Harrell, right? Um, That same thing will start to occur to a degree for LeBron James, because people know that the odds are in the Lakers' favor to win a world championship. And if he were to continue to play, the amount of pressure unfairly that will be Unfair. on him to not play would because, be astronomical. Because we look up to LeBron. I mean, that, that's, that, that is an iconic hero to many of us in our community mm-hmm. because where he came from and Athlete. where he is today, his mm-hmm. background, the whole deal. And I promise the, school, everything the, off the, school, the, the message, what him and Maverick have been able to do Maverick is, Carter. Just, is, is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we look to that. So we look for his uh, voice and his guidance to to show us the right way. Um, and so what will happen is if the Raptors make the decision not to play, the next step is going to be what LeBron and the Lakers are going to do, because he's the. Outside of the team, mm-hmm. he's the next biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Right? He is the biggest thing. I mean, thing. no, I'm saying yeah, outside no. of a team Agreed. pulling the trigger, okay. he's the next guy in line. Gotcha. Right? And, and, and so it's unfair for people to do that, but the reality is they're going to do it. And here's the reality also. Think about how much money is on the line. Oh. Brian Windhorst reported yeah. that the league paid Disney $150 million right. for the bubble. Right. Think about the money that they put into all the processes and the protocols with COVID and the testing. The money the they branding, lost from China. The money that they lost from China, right, with Daryl Morey and the issues with that. Uh, think about TV rights. Yes. $24 billion over nine years. With two networks. So, with two networks. So there's a lot of money at stake here, and, and those are the things – that you heard Fred allude to. That's what I was about to say. That says the owners, okay, there's so much money at stake. Now what are you going to do when you can't recoup that revenue in the hundreds of millions of dollars range? When pushback starts to happen, people start to move. Because the owners, as much money as they have, they're not trying to give anything back, and they're not trying to lose any money. Not in this economy. And they will will apply the pressure to the people to make the change. They just will. And, And, you know... Is that the way? Is that the way to go? But you have to be. What are you asking for? This is the big thing. Like we have to be. You know, if you if you're going to do this, what are you asking for specifically? You have to set targets, and you have to give them targets to accomplish. Yes, it can't be a generic ask. You have to be very specific 
and what you're asking for. If that's legislation, which I think it is. Certain things. Then you have to ask. No knock policy, other things like, you know, harsher penalties for cops that have. You have to ask for these things specifically and then say, go out and get these things done. Yeah. Let, yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, I just that, that's what you have to do. You have to have. In not necessarily in writing, but you have to have what it is that you're looking for ready to go. Just talking about it isn't going to get things done the way you need to. Now, to be fair, the NBA has done some things. They've done so much already. And, and have taken a hit in television uh, ratings and things of that nature because they've done a lot in terms of staying with the Black Lives Movement and trying to show where things have been unjust in our country. And they've gotten pushback from people that don't agree. And that's okay. That's fine, but now we had a second wave now. That was the first wave. We had the second wave. This, these incidents continue to keep happening. No matter what you did, sure. a dude just got shot seven, eight times in the back. And I want to bring it back full circle here just because he went through a lot. And I'm not saying I, I'm an advocate of everything that he's said and how he said it sometimes. But I, I do ultimately know where his heart is at because I spent time with him. Kyrie Irving was one of the first to talk about this when this whole thing happened. And My he was ridiculed Kyrie. initially. He was ridiculed. He was How could he not play? He was destroyed by everybody. Well, I, I, but but goes to speak I, though. But did he have? He was talking about it. But did he give? Did I'm, he, not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, he had did, was actionable real, items to do. Yeah, and was it a plan? Sort. And or was it, it just conversation? And ultimately, we said that hey, this league is going to move in a direction. That's the fire alarm going off at ESPN. I don't know whether we should leave the building or whether we just need to stick <laughs> it out and stay. But we're going to finish this I conversation. Think, I think we'll be okay. We'll, we'll be fine, and we just. Listen to Coach Helton and we'll be all right. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. And it's a pleasure to be joined by USC head football coach Clay Helton. We got a USC legend here in the triumvirate. Key, take it away. Coach Helton, how you been, man? 
Doing great, Key. Doing great. Well, that's good to hear. Now that we're not going to play any football out west in the Pac-12 conference, mm-hmm. you know, how you feel about not having a season right now? Well, he, you know, based on the medical information that we've gotten from our medical advisory committee, uh, you know, obviously you're disappointed for the kids, but you look at it through a father's eyes. Uh, and I've got three children by birth, Key, and 110 young men I got the honor to adopt. And when the medical board came back and said, you know what, nine of the 12, nine of the 12 cities our schools are in are hot spots. Uh, they want to go to the opportunity to do more testing, kind of uh, standardized like the NFL does. Uh, and then, you know, the study of what's going on with the heart, not only did you have to respect that information, but you got to support it. And, you know, right now it's just about keeping these guys in routine, uh, training and preparing for their next opportunity, uh, whether that's uh, a spring season or whether it's a, a fall season in 21 and keep their momentum going. Uh, they had put a lot of work into to this season with a good football team, and that's probably the most disappointing part is just not them not having the opportunity to do what they love right now. But we all understand that, you know, health and safety, the priority was priority one, and our president's made a decision that put safety first. Uh, and we've got to support that and respect that. What type of communication, if you had at all, with the Pac-12 conference and Larry Scott prior mm-hmm. to their decision mm-hmm. to counsel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very appreciative uh, of Larry and the Pac-12. But we had a weekly uh, head coach, uh, head coach and with Larry, with Woody Dixon each and every week. And so we knew where we were at all times and we knew uh, what steps were being taken, what decisions were being made, the information that was out there. So we could explain it to our kids, you know, just the reasoning behind the decision they brought on the the medical advisories just so we could visit with them uh, so we could explain to our kids exactly what was going on and what was exactly the concerns you know when nine of the 12 cities were hot spots at the time we made the decision uh, as well as you know being able to test like the nfl every day uh, possibly going to antigen testing uh, come november uh, as well as the heart, he, you know, it was easy to explain that to a kid. So I, I appreciated the information. I think all our coaches did in the Pac-12 of Larry bringing us on each and every week, uh, identifying exactly where we were, the decisions that were going to have to be made. Uh, and they had a plan. Uh, they it, they were hopeful for the plan, optimistic that we could get there in the fall. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it wasn't time for us. Coach Helton, Jay Williams here. What impact do you think these cancellations will have on college football long term? Um, you know, probably the biggest thing that I was appreciative of is, is the decision that came out last Friday. Uh, and it was the right decision to be able to uh, give eligibility standards back to the student-athlete, uh, to be able to say that, you know, whether you're playing in the fall or playing in the spring, that you have the opportunity uh, to not count that year in your eligibility. And I thought that was huge. That's what's fair to the student-athletes because some kids may not be comfortable uh, in playing right now. Um, some kids have a lot on the line uh, when it comes to uh, their stock value going into the NFL, and it allows them to make decisions uh, that's best for themselves. So I thought that was a huge piece of the puzzle uh, as we move forward. Uh, and then, you know, the next piece will be trying to get back online for a fall 21 season um, and, and getting everybody, uh, all conferences, 
uh, back together and back online. Um, there's a lot of work that has to go into that uh, between now and then. Uh, but uh, I think that's the main priority for all the conferences moving forward. Coach, how do you handle the recruiting moving forward for the 2021 spring year, knowing that mm-hmm. scholarships are limited, especially if you have players that are going to stay in school? Yeah, you know, that was a big piece of that. The key is is that eligibility standard that took place. It's going to be very similar to what happened in the spring season with the spring sports um, and the ability to allow young men to be able to come back, but also to be able to oversign based on your seniors. Um, and so we're still anticipating uh, signing a full boat of 25, uh, which is the max you can, max initials that you can sign in one year. So we're in that situation, uh, which we're fortunate uh, to be, uh, and as well as being able to allow good kids to make the best decisions for themselves as, as seniors. You know, we had a young man, Jay Tufeli, uh, who was, in my opinion, a first-round draft pick. Uh, headed in the NFL that made a decision for himself uh, that said, you know what, Coach, I am going to opt out. I'm going to prepare. And so each man's going to have their own decisions, and there'll be attrition uh, across the, the country. We've already started to see it. Uh, but for us, we started really fast, Keith, uh, in the spring. I thought the staff did an amazing job uh, in an adverse situation. And, and we're really in a good position now. We need to finish strong this fall as we lead up to that uh uh, December signing date, uh, but we're in a great position right now and uh, have the anticipation of being able to sign a full boat this year. Clay, where do you think things will pan out from the We Are United and players of the Pac-12 as it relates to Larry Scott asking for a piece of revenue and obviously extended health benefits due to this pandemic? I mean, I know we don't have a season this year. You think that conversation mm-hmm. will continue next year? Well, I, I think that one of the things that's really happened this year, which has been great, uh, is the celebration of the student-athlete's voice and the voices of young people across across America. Uh, we've dealt with some very hard issues and very hard discussions uh, this year in 2020. Uh, but one of the great things that have come out is the ability for, for young people, young student-athletes, to be able to share their voice, and we celebrate. Uh, we celebrate it as coaches. That's what you want when you're a father figure is, is the ability for a young man or a young woman to be able to share their opinion. That's the, the best part about our country is the freedom of us being able to speak our minds. Uh, and the We Are United movement is one of those opportunities to speak their voice. Now, it's a very complex issue. You know, I thought that going into it, you know, I thought priority one for the student athletes was the health and safety of our game. Uh, and it, both immediately and long term, but also some issues as far as unionization that is very complex um, that involve not only university, but also state uh, lawmakers, federal lawmakers. Um, but it, it's headed in the right direction at my time. I, this is my 26th year of college football coaching. And I've seen it go from one-year scholarships to four-year scholarships, four-year scholarships to four-year scholarships and cost of attendance, the ability, the ability now to gain six years, ability to play four games and gain a redshirt year, uh, the ability to now you see the academic resources that are being provided over or beyond uh, for young men and women. So it's moving in the right direction. I hope it continues to move forward. You want to be able to give as much things as you can to the student athlete but in my time period over the last 25 years uh, there has been advancement and hopefully there'll be continued advancement for the student athlete coach real quick i know we got to let you go here but i want to know are we rescheduling alabama for the 2021 season or we don't know that yet 
I don't think we know that yet, Key. And, you know, a lot of these schedules are made years in advance. So um, <laughs> one thing that I've learned from this year is you got to be willing to adapt and, and be able to change. And uh, they don't uh, they don't pay you to make excuses. They pay you to have answers. So, you know, uh, I, I know between uh, Mike Bone and, and uh, our administration that uh, that 21 schedule will be put in place. Uh, and uh, we look forward to playing all the opponents. Uh, but I, I don't think we have an answer on that right now, Key. I would imagine uh, the 21 schedule that has been put in place uh, a couple of years ago uh, will remain the same, but we'll see. No, put them back on the schedule, man. We coming to get them. <laughs> USC AD Mike Bone working with Clay Helton. It's just a matter of time before we see Keaton Slova slinging it out there. Hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Coach, thank you so much. Hey guys, appreciate you having me. Take care and stay safe. All right, fight Thanks, on. Coach. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You guys can't see it right now, but Kia's just grooving out, eyes closed and everything. We got to let it breathe here, right? The music. Oh, man, this is it. <laughs> Kia look like that old black dude man. in the club with the, with the Bluetooth on. Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know, they got the Bluetooth, the little light blue. It's blinking. When you lose, when you, he's like, why you got the Bluetooth on? You know he ain't following nobody. When you, in, when you lose this bet, when you lose this Clipper math bet, I'm going to make you wear something. What you going to make me wear? What, I'm going to make you wear my jersey. Oh, come on, man. I'm going to make you wear one of my jerseys. I hate number 19. And then, <laughs> no, it ain't going to be a number 19. It's 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 a, the all-century team jersey that I have Ooh. from the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm going to make you wear that on national TV. Hmm. And with something else, too. Okay, we'll wait to see. That's a Clippers-Mavericks bet. And obviously, Key is banking on the Clips. On the Mavericks. Down. No, you and, guys are banking on the Mavs, not the quick, Clips. And, and real quick, I want to say this yeah. before we move on. Yeah. Those people out there, because me and Jay was talking during the break, those people out there that think that we are trying to pit the black community against LeBron James, they're foolish. Stop. And they're not listening to our show. They're hearing what they want to hear. So clean your ears and listen to what we said and not try to make things out to be what you want it to be versus what we said. Gotcha. A little bit earlier, we were discussing the impact of what would happen if LeBron vis-a-vis anybody else would say I'm leaving the bubble and the impact that that would yes. have with fans really of all stripes real quick Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless Straight Talk Wireless has the full court cell phone coverage you need just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan 25 gigs of high speed data then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers only at Walmart savings may vary see terms and conditions at straighttalk.com one of my favorite stats of all time in the NBA our man Vince Carter played in four different 
decades. Just think about that for a second. He played four mm. different decades in the still NBA. Still doing 360s. Still doing 360s. A Raptors legend, and obviously the big story right now, as Jay sort of alluded to, possibility of boycotting game one of their Eastern Conference semifinal series with the Boston Celtics. They're meeting about it. Fred Van Vliet has been pretty clear that it is on the table. Jay Will's been texting with Kyle Lowry that anything and everything is possible for the decision. So Vince Carter was asked on Get Up on ESPN just a short time ago, and his response on a boycott was simply this. Regular season's one thing, ain't nobody paying attention. But if you boycott now, now your message can get across. What better time than the second round of the playoffs than to do something like this? Statement will be made, and all eyes will be on both of these teams. I would like to see them... These guys, both teams get together and sit on a panel or forum and have dialogue and, and just discuss and get everything, all of their feelings out on the table uh, and, and to, to move forward and, and what these guys are thinking. Because like I said, there's been a lot of guys prior to the bubble who were protesting and out in their communities speaking. And now with the bubble, you don't have that freedom to move about and, and, and be a part of the rallies and everything that's going on outside of the bubble. So uh, I think if these teams do not play, Having them come together, sitting together and, and, and kind of discussing the issues and what's on their hearts and what's on their minds, I think is very important because all eyes will be watching. And of course, we'll be talking about it. So uh, what better time? OK, Jay, what's interesting here, he's the first person I've heard invoke the Celtics into this. This mm-hmm. was a Raptors issue. The Celtics go up 1-0 if it was a boycott, whatever that would mean. He said guys from both teams should get together. Look, if the Raptors decide to do that. I guarantee you no players on the Celtics will be like, okay, we accept your forfeit. <laughs> they won't do that. Okay. I, I think the Raptors doing this, and Key talked about this, the trickle-down effect. If the Raptors do this, then the Celtics will do this. Then you have conversations about LeBron and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. It just naturally goes to that place. Mm-hmm. It's the first bowling pin to fall. Because you also get – not necessarily pressure, but you also get those that are not in the bubble, yeah. that are NBA guys, jump on board. And so it just it just becomes a trickle-down effect. That That's really what it – because now you're putting pressure on the owner. Now you're going to put pressures on the owners. You've got the Milwaukee. There's pressure on the owners in Milwaukee. Then it just becomes a second layer from the first layer that was out there. Yes, they've done some things, and there's a Black Lives Matter on the court and the jerseys and the names – but this is taking it to the next step. And like VC said right there, the regular season is one thing. The postseason, the second round, that's a whole nother ball game. And like Jay Will talked about earlier, the amount of money. Remember, it, it, always, comes it, it always comes back to the money. Actually, question, the NFL is more of a conservative league. Do I would you, speak to that. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just saying in general with the way, the way they aesthetically operate. they are, yeah. the way they operate, right? Optically. If the NBA were to do this, do you ever think the NFL will get to a place that they would be able well, to do Well, there's a lot of different logistics in terms of collective bargaining agreement that they just signed in the springtime. It Ten years. trigger something there. Now they got to go back and deal with that. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't necessarily need the NFL to shut down. But if, if the players in the NBA that are superstars are shutting it down, I would think that a number of NFL superstars, the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Williams, the Michael Thomases of the Saints, the, the, the Drew Breeses, the Aaron Rodgers, they would start to look at it and say to themselves, okay, we may want to go in this direction too. The J.J. Watts of the world. You know, are we going to go in this direction? I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, it, it, look, as a basketball purist, 
That is the best series. Mm-hmm. Boston versus Toronto. Oh, oh. It's an incredible Be- series. Because as we've seen before yeah. in the past, the NFL owners will find scabs to play. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, you know what I'm saying? They they operate, like, that's why I said they man, operate they, differently. They, they'll go get 50-something dudes off the streets and put them in uniforms and go play football. Because there's a lot of unemployed football players. And they know that. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.